This is the Life Truth Network. Truth Exposed, Episode 53. Truth Exposed, a feature of Quest for Truth where we take a deep dive into Scripture. Now located at life-truth.com. And now, here are your hosts, Keith Heltzley and Nathan Caldwell. Hey everybody, that's right, this is Keith. It's time for Truth Exposed. And we will be joined momentarily by our usual cast of characters around here, our uh, co-host, Nathan Caldwell, and then by you. Our most favorite radio Bible teacher of the airways, the long deceased, the one and only, Dave McGee. <laughs> you can still uh, check him out on the airways today. He does still have a ministry through the Bible ministry. That would be ttb.org. He does have all of his uh, Bible studies are all on uh, Apple. Yeah, on Apple Podcasts. Uh, so you can check out his whole five-year course of things, plus some extra study help he's got listed out there. Uh, a very uh, sound theologian, if you ask me. Anyway, that's what you're going to hear today. It's probably going to be maybe a sh- on the shorter side. Um, I was going to run through the end of the chapter here in John 14, but did that, it would be way too long. <laughs> so I thought I would uh, snip it off here uh, in the middle. It will be, if you want to open up your Bible, just get ready. Uh, and uh, do some uh, expository study along with us. And hey, if you have some ideas of your own, please do let us know. Uh, visit our website and send us an email. You'll hear more, more about that at the end of the episode. So stay tuned for that. But uh, what was it going? Oh, yeah. Uh, open your Bible is John 14. We're going to go from 16 through 21. And uh, right after these messages from the good folks there at the Christian Podcast, community orders just tons and tons, well, 50 plus <laughs> of uh, other uh, sound, uh, theologically sound, vetted podcasters who uh uh, teach the truth and not everybody's on board because hey you know why because you can check out podcast or throwdown uh, towards the first of every month and sometimes we do have conflicting ideas but we're basically all on the same page when it comes to uh, good christian uh, orthodox theology so with all of that listen to these guys and i'll be right back in a moment <laughs> Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast, bringing you encouragement and challenging believers to spiritual change and growth by applying biblical principles to everyday life. And now your hosts, Sasso Mendez and Ben Ariano. Welcome everybody to the Abundant Life Podcast. I'm here with my good friend and faithful servant in the faith, Sasso Mendez. Hello, hello. What's going on out there? YouTube and uh, radio waves. <laughs> 
Land. Radio Land. <laughs> we really want this content to go out. We want people to know Amen. about Jesus and the truth. And Amen. so, uh, yeah, go ahead and rate us if you can. Give, us, give it a rating. Uh, if not, just at least subscribe. If you would, if you would subscribe, that way you're aware of when we drop a new episode. Check us out on uh, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, give us a like on, on Facebook. And uh, we just want to thank you guys for, for your support. And, and uh, we'll see you in the next two ep- weeks. Coming up. It's going to be good. Don't miss it. Thanks, guys. We love you guys. We'll see you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Abundant Life Podcast. We pray you were blessed by today's episode. Please visit us online at AbundantLife.fm. Until next time, may God bless you. it really mean to love your neighbor as yourself confusion or faulty beliefs on this point will result in nothing more than pain and relational carnage christians must submit their understanding of love to god's revealed word love is not a feeling love is not tolerance or acceptance or ambivalence love is not merely romance love is a universe altering choice to want and work toward god's best interest for the people in our lives whether they want it or not because that's how God loves us. The one true God of the universe has existed since eternity past in ultimate perfection. He spoke the cosmos into existence for his soul, honor, and glory. He moved heaven and earth to redeem mankind, even though we have nothing to offer him. And he's given us everything we need for life and godliness in his word. He deserves our worship. He deserves our adoration. He deserves our praise. I'm your host, A.M. Brewster, and this is the Celebration of God. If you want to know God better, celebrate Him more, and help the ones you love to do the same, subscribe to this podcast and visit celebrationofgod.com to learn more about this dynamic discipleship resource. And remember, the Celebration of God is a listener-supported ministry. Welcome back to The Christian Rebel, and I am your host, Brett Collier. On The Christian Rebel Podcast, we follow the teachings that is found in Romans 12.2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. By not conforming to this world, we essentially are rebelling against the world and conforming with Christ. Be a rebel and follow Jesus. If this podcast has helped you, please subscribe and share with everyone you know. If you would like to support this ministry, please visit www.christianrebelpodcast.com and click on the donate button. And if you are a Christian business owner and you would like to sponsor us, just click on the contact button and send us a message for details. Again, thank you for listening, and until next time, keep the faith. Main Topic I'm going to go from John chapter 14 from verse 16 all the way through the end of verse 31. Uh, We're going to go from John 16 to verse 21. We're going to go from John 16 to 25, I think, somewhere there, 25 or 6. 
But hey, before we get started, let me review, and I believe uh, this is important, that to touch base back with the closing thought we had last time, where uh, in John 14, 13 through 15, uh, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it, verse 14 says. The the important things with asking anything in my name, since Jesus speaking this, is that uh, it's a blank check. Uh, I think J. Vernon McGee pointed this out last time. It's a blank check. We can ask God for whatever we want. But the problem is this blank check doesn't have your name on it necessarily. Uh, uh, J. Vernon McGee says it does not have your name on it. Now, here's what I would say is if you look at a check, what do you see? Well, there's a date, and there's a pay-to field. There's a, a dollar amount, you know, written in numbers, another one spelled out. And then there's the line that the account owner signs. But there's another line on there, and it's called a memo line. Now, of course, when you ask Jesus for anything, the date, whatever date you want to ask. Now, in God's timing, he might not have the date you want filled in there. And when it comes to the payee, um, it may not be your name there. Of course, the dollar amount is what you're requesting. And the signature is Jesus. And he says he'll do it. He will answer your prayers. But there's also a memo line. What's the purpose? What's the purpose this transaction is all about? Well, uh, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. Here's the purpose. So that the Father may be glorified. Uh, is the purpose on this check, the memo line, does, does it have anything to do with God's glory? Okay, well, you're on the right track. Uh, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Now, let's move on to uh, the next verse, because the test is going to be love and obedience to his purpose. Love and obedience to his purpose. Uh, John uh, 14, verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, it's an if-then statement, then you will keep my commandments. Or sometimes if statements work this way. Uh, because you love me, you will keep my commandments. This, this is another way to, to present the if-then statement. It's not necessarily if, like it's conditional. It is declaring that because you love me, you keep my commandments. So uh, there's another qualification besides the purpose. Does it glorify God? And are you keeping his commandments? You can say, yeah, yeah, I'm keeping his commandments. I love him. Um, well, do you really? I mean, keeping the commandments is kind of proof that you do. Uh, but those are the qualifications. And it's important to understand as we move into this, because that's the key to having prayers answered, loving. Christ above all. Uh, and obey his commands is not only the demonstration of his love, but it's the degree we love him. You do this a little bit, well, you want to keep his commandments a little bit. If you're like, well, not, you will dive in and keep 
or at least make an effort to make a big effort to. Uh, well, in our verses today, verse 16. Oh, here's Nathan. I knew Nathan had something to say before we move into this. Here we go. Now, uh, we left off verse 16, but I need to back up. I need to back up to John 14, verse 15, because it's very important. Because here's the thing. It is something that we need to be able to pick up verse 16, okay? So verse 15 says, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. All right. Okay. Now I'll, I'll continue here with verse uh, 16. Verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Wow. Now, uh, Jesus asks the Father, do we... He is a God, but uh, Jesus sets up this relationship pattern. We ask Jesus for things, and he asks the Father for things on our behalf. Uh, but he knows he has to go. His time is short. As a human being portion of him, he knows that he cannot stay long. Uh, you know, even if he crucified at old age. He lived to be 100 before he was crucified instead of at age 30-ish or so. Uh, he still would have to go. He would not be here permanently. Uh, but in the brief time that he is gone, I, I believe he's referring to his crucifixion and time on the grave here, he knows that God will, he's got a better gift. Uh, and the uh, BBC, the uh, what's that stand for? I forgot. Uh, Expositor's Bible Commentary. That's what I, I refer to this a lot. I don't know why I forgot that. Uh, states this, and I'll try to uh, paraphrase this some because it's a, a long bit. Uh, in his place, he promises, said the Holy Spirit, the counselor, and it, uh, the Greek word is per, parakletos. And it's not a little green bird in a cage, parakeet, uh, paracletus. Uh, it refers to someone who is an advisor, an advocate, a mediator, an intercessor. Now, I want you to compare something. You, you've heard of, uh, the word, the, the name, the title, Satan. In the case S and, and Job uh, refers to an advocate, an opponent, someone who is against you. The paracletus is the polar opposite of that. As much as Satan wants to come and kill and steal and destroy, the Paracletus wants to uh, what uh, restore, build, and bring back to life. Uh, he is your friend, not your enemy. Uh, he is spirit. He's not a body. And so he can't, he, once he's with you, he won't ever leave. I mean, once he, well, there's terms rejecting the Holy Spirit, blaspheming the Holy Spirit. But assuming you're saved and you are saved in the disciples' positions, uh, Christ is sending this spirit that will never leave you. He will be your your best friend, your encourager, your your builder upper, uh, the opposite of everything Satan stands for. They're direct opposites. And if if the disciples only knew that. And they maybe they there's the seed plenty in their brain, but they didn't understand it yet. Um, 
and the ABC here uh, goes on. He represents God to the believer uh, as Jesus did while he was in the flesh. So having the Holy Spirit uh, intangibly in our heart and our soul and our mind and our belief and our faith, it's the same thing as sitting in the presence of Christ in the human flesh. Uh, it, it, another here means another of the same kind. So the, the Paracletus, the Holy Spirit, is it's you know cut from the same cloth. He's uh, another of the same kind. Uh, the concept here uh, was not new. The Holy Spirit. You, you can go back to Genesis uh, one chapter, chapter, chapter one verse two. I think I said it right that time. Where it says the Holy Spirit hovered above the waters. The Holy Spirit, just like Christ, has been present from the beginning since before day one. Uh, so he's not a, not a new idea. It's not a new concept. A new purpose, because before Christ came, the Holy Spirit came only sporadically. Uh, while Christ was here, the Holy Spirit was bound up in the life and being and person of Jesus. And it he, he wouldn't be released from being bound up with Jesus until after that vessel was broken, after Christ was crucified. Uh, the Holy Spirit calls and empowers men. Uh, he uh, causes prophecies in the Old Testament. Um, John the Baptist predicted that Jesus would baptize with the Holy Spirit. Um, when Jesus had discussed his new birth with Nicodemus. He talked about the Holy Spirit, being born in the Spirit, and so forth. So there's a lot to understand there about the Holy Spirit. The fast run down. We actually did a two or three part series some time ago, a couple years ago, maybe three, uh, on this. Even then, there's so much more to say besides that about the Holy Spirit. Uh, moving on, verse 17. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Um, they had, uh, the, here first we say, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you hear somebody tell, me, tell you that, hey, I love Jesus, but you see them living a life that's very worldly and very sinful, um, they're not telling the truth <laughs> because Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments or rather gave the command. If you love me, keep my commandments. And then he talks about the comforter, the Holy Spirit. It even says, even the spirit of truth, whom the world can't receive, but because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him for he dwells with you. And shall be in you. Now notice, it didn't say he dwells in you, not at this point. But it does say that he will be in them later. What's the deal? Well, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, had the truth. The whole truth. He was the truth. He is the truth. And he walked with them. And I'm sure the Holy Spirit was active then too. Uh, just think about all those miracles Jesus performed. Now, don't ask me to understand it all. Don't ask me to explain it all because neither one can happen, at least not on this side of eternity. But I can tell you this, the Holy Spirit was present when Jesus was present. 
And then he says he is with you, but will be in you. Well, now a believer who trusts Christ now, these days, has the Holy Spirit within them. Um, I think that started uh, around the day of Pentecost. You know, when they were, when the church was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to stress that's a one-time thing. It's not a... Uh, that baptism of the Holy Spirit doesn't happen over and over and over again. That was Jesus baptizing his church with the power of the Holy Spirit. But that is important to understand what Jesus is talking about here. Wow. And so he's describing who this Paracletus is, the spirit of truth. Uh, it says, uh, beside the spirit of truth, the world does not know him. The world is not truth, no truth. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that impactful? Think of all the wackiness out there in the world. What is a woman? Who can be a woman? Can you change to be a different gender? This is wacky. It's just insanity. It is not truth it's not reality and the world has uh that spirit and no wonder it doesn't know what truth is of the holy spirit it just doesn't have the holy spirit and so what's the difference and why doesn't this world know truth? oh i wish i knew uh, what does it mean to have uh the spirit in us and us in the spirit well there's some deep questions there i don't know if i have answers for those but uh, you know, the, to me, the difference of why the world doesn't know truth is because Satan is also called the ruler of the world, the ruler of the air. Uh, he has been given the earth <laughs> to rule over its cities and kings and so forth. Uh, so it's no surprise that the world doesn't know the truth because Satan hides that spirit, hides people from that spirit. Uh, again, referring to the expositor Bible commentary, they say uh, the ministry of the spirit uh, would be directed primarily to the disciples who would direct their decisions, counsel them continually, remain with them forever. Of course, Jesus is right now primarily talking to his disciples, specifically these disciples, you know, but as the future day disciples, such as we are, um, he in a way is talking to us uh, in a more broad degree, uh, I feel like. Uh, he is invisible, the Spirit is invisible, the world doesn't recognize him. His presence was already with the disciples and that they were already under his influence. Because you know the Spirit had been the one who called them. You know, Jesus called them, uh, and the Spirit is the one who caused them to give them whatever understanding they have. Uh, and it talks about there is a distinction between the Old Testament uh, uh, presence of the Holy Spirit and New Testament. I already talked about that a little bit in the previous verse. Uh, but the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is what makes the Christian believer different. Because when the Holy Spirit is in you and we are in him, it's, it's kind of could be a mind-blowing concept. 
But, you know, think of it this way. You know, when we have communion, for example, what do you do? You take a, a bit of bread into your body and a bit of uh, grape juice or wine into your body. Well, now it is in you. And as it processes through your uh, digestive and uh, other uh, functions, your kidneys or whatever other organs are involved, I'm not a medical doctor <laughs> or a biologist. I don't understand a lot of that. But it, it takes those nutrients, and then those nutrients are put into you. So that food and drink, you it's in you, and you become in it as it becomes part of your, you know, the, the food that feeds your, your cells in your body and so forth. So there's kind of that. That's a, maybe a weird concept, a bad, a bad parable, but that's all I got. It's the, it's the best thing I can for now. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him. Now, this is important to see. For he dwelleth with you, and he shall be in you. That's the unique fact of this age in which we're living. The Holy Spirit was in the world before Pentecost, but on the day of Pentecost, he indwelt believers. That was the thing that was new. Uh, moving on uh, to verse 18. Verse 18, he says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Now, he says, I will come to you. Remember, there's one God and three persons. Dr. Robinson put it this way, uh, Dr. David Robinson. Says, Jesus, in the person of the Holy Spirit, comes into our hearts and makes his residence there. So, I, I really don't know a better way to explain it. Now, uh, I think Jesus is foreseeing the turmoil and crisis that is about to take place literally within hours, probably within the next day. Uh, he will not abandon us, uh, although it may feel like it, we will not be left as orphans. Now he says, I'll not leave you comfortless. And the word comfortless is orphanoi. He says, I'll not leave you orphans. I'm coming to you. And that is in the person of the Holy Spirit. This, this is the state of an orphan. They have no, uh, no protection. They have no overseer. And they have only have people who want to uh, abuse and exploit them. Think of the... Uh, right now, all of the sex trade, the trafficking coming across the southern border, uh, even as we speak, uh, tens or hundreds of probably more thousands, uh, our people are caught up in that. Many of them kids, not all. Uh, many of them sent to sweatshops to work for dirt labor wage and some well, an actual sex trafficking from all ages, both genders. Uh this is the abuse that children have. Jesus is not going to leave us orphaned. Uh, he promised to return. And again, this seems to be referring to the moments uh, after his crucifixion. I say moments is literally until Pentecost, 50 days later. But, you know, in the big scheme of things, <laughs> that seems like moments. Uh, but we know this because of the statement here in verse 19. 
Um, verse 19 says, yet a little while and the world sees me no more, but you see me. Because I live, you will live also. Now, what I have to say here is after a little while, there's two things that will happen. Is first, Jesus will be dead. He'll be crucified and the world will no longer see him. We don't see him anymore today because his physical body uh, is no longer here. Uh, the, he's uh, is dead and the world no longer sees him. Second, his disciples will see him after his death. And we know that they did see him after his death because Scripture records that, uh, and as mentioned in Pentecost. Uh, now, I say more, but I'm not. So let's move on to verse 20. At that day, you will know that I am in the Father and you in me, and I in you. Now, here's this concept of you and me, I and you, he and the Father. <laughs> and I'm sure it's confusing to disciples and hard to understand because it can be a little bit mind-blowing to us even now, being he and me and you and me and all like that. <laughs> but because of this prophecy, he, he told them that when they saw him again, when he died and they saw him again, that they would remember this. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Paracletus, would fire that brain cell and they would say, hey, I remember you just said that. They would have uh, the sign that they needed and they would understand it would make sense, but it wouldn't happen until after he died. And then Paracletus, the Holy Spirit, says, hey, remember that thing Jesus said? They would understand what it meant to be having Jesus in the Father, and we in him, Jesus, and he, Jesus, in us. They would understand what that meant. They would be all bound uh, together with a divine being. And that's what being transformed means. That's what it means to be born again, is to have that intertwining of of Jesus coming into our lives as the Holy Spirit and cleansing us and making us new and fresh and 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 us absorbing that, reflecting that, living that. And because that we can be in the presence of God because that's where Jesus is at. Uh, verse 21. Now will you notice verse 21. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. Don't tell me you love Christ and you're not obeying him. You're not. He's making it clear here. This should be read very carefully, and I regret I can't. I must get to the end of this chapter. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I love him, and I'll manifest myself unto him. Again, it deepens this knowledge of relationship, uh, a divine unity. Uh, it, it's proved by the facts that we have his command. We have his commands. We have that through Scripture. We we have everything we need to know through Scripture. Scripture is a complete unit. Uh, are there other wise men who wrote wise words, uh, profound words, words that are worthy of reading and following? Well, sure, there's plenty. But there's none that you can say are inspired Scripture uh, because they're not in 
canonized. <laughs> Sorry if that sounds circular logic, but uh, but we do we do have everything we need to know. We could write more, but they just people I read today then they write some good words. They don't really say anything anything new. Just like I'm doing now, they're just restating what's right there in scripture in my own words. Uh, we keep his commands as part of that verse. How do we know that uh, the, the, we are in Christ is because we not only have his commands, we keep his commands. It's one thing to, here's your Bible, thanks. But are you reading that Bible? Are you doing what that Bible says? It's one thing to have it. Um, are you going to pull it out and use it? You know, if I if we go camping, I say here, hold my pocket knife, and I say, hey, uh, can you whittle me a, a little doodad? Well, if you're not going to pull it out, you have it, but you're not use you're not keeping commands. But uh, because we keep commands, that's the demonstration that we love Him. Remember, I said that before. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. If you want to know God's will, you're going to read the Bible for one thing. But if you want to be, if you want to be clear on what God wants, if you want to know Jesus, then keep his commandments. But first now, mind you, you have to trust him for salvation. You have to trust him for forgiveness of your sins based on that death on the cross and thankfully the resurrection afterwards so that we don't have to die. But, and that is what saves us, not our works, not keeping the commandments. But if a man loves, if a person is truly born again, they're going to keep those commandments. And a person that is doing so and as a child of God is going to get closer to God. Man, I heard so many people. No, I didn't. It was one person, but I had this argument, I don't know for how long, and I ended up just just stopping the arguing cuz cuz God knows the truth and and some people just won't be uh convinced. So you kind of just have to let it go sometimes. But, but but this guy argued that you could not get any closer to God than you were at salvation. Now, I get what he was saying. I think he had a security of the believer thing. And I, I, I believe in security of the believer. I believe in once saved, always saved. I believe that Jesus took my sin at the cross and I have his righteousness. But I also believe that there is a closer fellowship that you get with God when you are keeping his commandments and loving him. Uh, this demonstration means that God, we know God loves us because of Christ, not because of me, not because of you. He, God loves us because we obey, and that means He loves us because of Christ. Uh, and we can be assured that Jesus loves us, not only that He loves us, but that He will disclose even more of Himself, even further. Uh, 
And, okay, that's probably a good place to stop. Andrew Rappaport's Rap Report is a podcast providing biblical interpretations and applications. It is a ministry of striving for eternity and part of the Christian podcast community. We provide a biblical view of cultural events, discuss how to apply God's word to the Christian life, address issues that concern the church, and we even take some time to offer a correct understanding of those commonly misinterpreted passages of scripture. You will hear from great guests like Justin Peters, Todd Friel, Jay Warren Wallace, and Gabe Hughes. Andrew has the Rap Report Daily, which is a two-minute Monday through Friday podcast, and then the longer Rap Report podcast for more content. Subscribe to both today by searching for Rap Report on any podcast app, spelled R-A-P-P, Report, or click the podcast link at strivingforeternity.org. Hi, this is Jonathan coming to you from my walk-in closet in the small town of Mannheim, Pennsylvania. Welcome to Small Town Theologian, a show devoted to digging into the Heidelberg Catechism and Ecumenical Creeds, not just to better understand foundational truths, but to seek to apply them to the rhythm of everyday life. May your life be shaped by what you learn. I'd love for the show to reach more people. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, would you please rate the show? Also, share the podcast with a friend. Thanks for supporting the show. Welcome to Thoroughly Equipped, a podcast for women where we compare the popular women's ministry teachings, books, conferences, Bible studies, etc. to scripture. Our focus is 2 Timothy 3, 16-17, that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I am your host, Melba Toast. May this episode bless you and bring glory to God. Welcome, ladies. I pray you are in His Word. Ladies, if you are interested in the transcript for this episode, you can go to ttew.org. You can find other great resources, articles, blogs, and videos that may bless you in your Christian walk, as well as links to follow me on social media. If you wish to contact me, you can email me at thoroughlyequipped316 at gmail.com. Again, the website address is ttew.org. Okay, there we go. Uh, Kind of a... A good place to stop. Kind of an awkward place to stop. Actually, it's, it, it, it sounds like we're breaking it off abruptly, but um, the, the conversation turns. Uh, there's a question that's about to be posed, and uh, Jesus uh, continues this, uh, reiterating some of the ideas and, and continuing to the end of the chapter. We should be able to squeeze the rest of it in at one fell swoop on one episode so stay tuned for that that'll be coming up on our usual we usually do these for the first of us so we'll see you back for truth exposed then but next week we'll be back for a regular quest for crew so stick around tell a friend about us thanks for listening and here's how you can find us all on over the interweb send us email contact us call voicemail Lots of ways you can get a hold of us. So, 
Here we go. And once again, thanks for Visit life-truth.com where you can find all our shows. Leave a message or call our voicemail number at 401-753-4844. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash life truth page. Follow us on Twitter at capital H, capital P, capital N, capital C, A-S-T. Everything Nathan Caldwell does can be found at facebook.com forward slash protectors of the book. Music in the show is used by permission of Kevin Zerby at zerbinator.wordpress.com. May the word of Christ dwell on you richly. May you find everything you need. And if you don't know Jesus, your greatest need is a Savior. Thanks for listening.